Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. John Gilligan speaks about the murder of Veronica Guerin. Once again, he denies any knowledge of it. He places the murder directly on the shoulders of John Trainer and Charlie Bowden. Trainer being dead and having betrayed John Gilligan, and they fell out during their lifetime. Charlie Bowden, again, having betrayed John Gilligan. He also speaks about Brian Means' involvement again. They haven't spoken in years. They had a falling out. He blames people that he'd have a reason to blame. I'm Nicola Talent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. A TV show featuring a lengthy interview with criminal John Gilligan is set to air this week in what is being dubbed the Confessions of a Crime Lord. But does the Virgin Media show deliver what it says or has it simply given the publicity-hungry Gilligan another platform to air his lies? This week, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the revelations are not of the man who insists he didn't order the murder of journalist Veronica Guerin. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So I watched the first of the Gilligan trilogy. Yeah. Were you impressed? Like, did it work as a piece of television for a start? Or and how did you do you feel that that like the the one of the great interviews I always remember was uh, Louis Thoreau and, and Jimmy Savile. I yeah. don't know if you ever saw oh, it. Oh yes, now fabulous piece of television. Like although Jimmy Savile didn't admit any crimes or whatever, whatever way, and he, he could, obviously you can't you know beat a confession out of somebody yeah. as an interviewer, but he managed to get under his skin and reveal. Something about his personality that, you know, it was... That we didn't was, know. That we didn't know yeah. and you got some sort of insight into it. Yeah. Do you think this did the same for John Gilligan? No, not at all. And 
I think um, I came away from what I watched exactly the way I've come away from every kind of interaction. I've met John Gilligan a few times. I've spoken to him. I've seen him interviewed before. You know, those kind of sound bites you might get on the steps of a courtroom from when he's in the humour to be smart old. He's exactly the same. You get no insight. And to me, there's just nothing genuine about him. I mean, look, we would deal with people all the time, sometimes who would be on the wrong side of the law. You find yourself in communication and in conversation, sometimes having a cup of coffee with somebody that certainly wouldn't be your, yeah. your go-to person or you wouldn't yeah. expect yourself to be in yeah. a position of, of communicating with them. Um, but a lot of them are likeable and there is a lot to people, mostly. Yeah. But in my opinion, John Gilligan, and certainly the John Gilligan we see on this documentary, I, I got absolutely no insight to him other than he is what he is because I just think he's a sociopathic little thug. Yeah. Um, and I'm not using that term lightly. He's sneering. He is... It's coming across as if he has it all rehearsed what he wants to say. He's talking about former colleagues of his in the crime underworld, all of whom are dead and I suppose aren't here to defend yeah, themselves I mean, of what or, he's saying. Or, or, or dead or in, in the witness protection programme. Yeah. Think. I mean, uh, just the, I suppose the, the basics of it, it's a, it's a three-part documentary gone out on, on Virgin Media. Called The Confessions of John Gilligan, is it? Um, the, is oh, confessions, confessions of a Crime Boss. Confessions of a Crime Boss. Yeah. Um, if that title doesn't work with what you see. Yeah. Because... That to me would spell that you're kind of having an intimate portrait of a crime boss, yeah. you know, of John Gilligan in this case, that you'd maybe be moving about with him in his day to day life, that you'd have a sort of a probing journalist there um, trying to peel back the layers of this individual. Certainly not the first episode. And I know this is over three episodes and I know this is a culmination of hours and hours of interviews with him, but Certainly what we're getting as a viewer is a sit-down interview and sound bites from him about certain things. Um, he talks about Veronica Guerin in it. Look, I'll tell you this much. I should have been glued to that. Yeah. I should have been absolutely glued to it. Um, I got the preview of it. I turned it on and there is a new puppy in the house. Right, right, okay. I have to be honest with yeah. you, there is a new puppy in the house, so it's quite distracting right. and you have this little creature at your feet all the time, sometimes coming up doing his kind of Conor McGregor struts for that again, just yeah. like looking to be picked up and stuff. So it's a little bit distracting. But nonetheless, I would be able to multitask enough yeah. to uh, look after the puppy and watch something on that. In fact, I was dug into something on the actual TV before yeah. I turned this on. I wasn't dug into it. I wasn't glued to it. I would fast forward bits of it. Yeah. Um, It's 45, maybe 50 minutes long or something like that. I certainly glossed over bits of it. It starts with Gilligan being asked about his sort of childhood. Yeah. Which should interest us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, if you think of other crime bosses out there and they have... So a lot of interesting things to say about their childhood. And you begin to, I think, mostly when you start talking to a person and you're trying to understand what makes them tick, you can sometimes start to understand that when you yeah. hear. Yeah, and you can see what's, what shaped them and how that, that life, how they entered into that life and certainly probably understand 
at least that bit uh, from their perspective, you know. Yeah. I mean, John Gilligan, like he he has spoken quite a lot to the media over the years. I mean, it's not the first time he's ever done an interview. We have obviously had people like Christy Kinnan, who's never said a word to yeah. the media one way or another beyond go, go away or something less polite. He said nothing over the years. Um, John Gilligan has, on the times when he's been let out of prison, um, he's done an interview with Jason O'Toole before. Yeah. Um, so he has spoken about... Jason O'Toole, by the way, is the journalist sort of behind so, this. He's exactly. the journalist who, who has spoken to, I think, Gilligan in Spain over the course yeah. of how many hours, and he's written a book, and there's extracts... Yeah. Of the of his interviews in um, the Star and the Mirror, yeah, and then the the documentaries going on Virgin, yeah. So he has spoken before. Um, obviously, some of the things he's saying now, as far as I remember, he's he's completely denied previously in interviews, mm. which kind of goes to the the credibility of it. Look, I'm not I'm not saying, um, you know, we as a media organization, it it couldn't we wouldn't suggest that criminals can never talk, would we? Th- they can never talk. Yeah, we should never carry, oh, I, carried listen, or I think if the there is everything we do, yeah. I do think that, and certainly a bigger project like this would be, I think if there is a reason, if there yeah. is something that, yeah, if there's a reason for yeah. it, that you're going to maybe learn something from it, that you're going to maybe gain an understanding yeah. That you wouldn't before have gained. And that can be to do with social history. Yeah. If you're placing this person, as I said to you, Gilligan starts off talking yeah. about his childhood. And there's a little bit of detail around that, about the social history of, you know, the, the Dublin tenement dwellers moving out to the suburbs and places like Ballyfermot and what happened there. Um, and there's other contributors. But yeah, people are entitled to talk. Yeah, and I think people who and and the media are entitled to carry it. Hundred like percent. I mean, so Virgin Media or, or the, the, the newspapers today. I mean, they're absolutely entitled to carry it. John Gilligan is currently facing charges. Which John Gilligan hasn't, you know, hasn't cast aside his uh, involvement in criminality. No, I mean, like for example, um, you've interviewed, say, people who are involved in the IRA, for example. Mm. Um, so, and they're speaking about some events that happened a couple of decades previously, and they are not involved in 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 uh, any of that kind of subversive activity anymore. And that does feel different. You, you, I mean, you see a lot of the, the the English criminals. Actually, I don't know if you watch them on TikTok sometimes. Mm. Uh, you know, from the 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 craze era or the guys, the, the mafia guys in the US. They're doing interviews, but they're doing interviews as former criminals. Yeah. It, is it a bit different with John Gilligan, considering he couldn't really be considered a former criminal, could he? Well, no, he can't. But also, like, but but does that in itself and only make it that, you know, because Christy Kinahan isn't a former oh, criminal, but no. if he called up now and said, do an interview with you, we'd you go do it. it. Yeah, you would do would. it. Of course you would. Um, so that... It is one element of it that yeah. he is still facing charges. So he hasn't put his criminality behind him. For me, it's more, we're jumping a little bit, but I suppose yeah. to go back to the actual, what I have seen, there's something about Gilligan that you just know he's not, there's not an honest bone in his body. Yeah. There's not a decent bone in his body. He is sneering. He is smart ass. Yeah. He is having a laugh 
with himself and with his own sense of humor, with everything he says and everything he publicly says. Mm. That's what I've always felt about him. Yeah. That he's getting at somebody or he's he has an agenda to say something about, for example, John Trainer gets quite an airing in this. Yeah. Um, somebody who I did try to talk to in the UK in, in Margate where he was living before he died. Trainer wasn't one for giving an interview. But but Gilligan, I think to get to know somebody to get no matter who they are, you need that little bit of honesty. And you talked about the through interview yeah. with Jimmy Savile. That honesty came from the fact that Theroux was kind of hanging around and his style of journalism worked with Savile. Yeah. That style of journalism might not work with somebody else, but he was sort of like hanging around in the background. He does a brilliant job of sort of being a bit dumb, you know. Yeah, but, and also catching Jimmy Savile unaware, really. Yes. Yeah. So it was... It was Allowing like, him to behave normal, which was totally abnormal to the rest of us. Exactly. Not to sort of sit down and give scripted answers, which Jimmy Savile, of course, did so many interviews over the years and became really adept at doing, knowing what to say and how to get a reaction from a, on a talk show or whatever. Yeah. So Louis Thoreau, despite, I did ask him hard questions about you know, sex offences and stuff like that. But it was really the more subtle stuff about his, his, you know, that he managed to reveal his personality, reveal Savile's personality. And in a way, like his style yeah. of that television show probably really suits somebody who's dishonest. Yeah. Because you're hanging around with them long enough. It's like yeah. somebody goes into the witness box. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no hiding. There's no hiding. Yeah. So, but this style of programme that has been made is, in a way, I can see what Virgin have done. They have tried not to give Gilligan a platform where he's not challenged. So yeah. what they've done is they've brought in all these other contributors to try and set the scene around everything he says. Yeah. That totally distracts from what he has to say in actual yeah. fact because yeah. it's coming across in sound bites. Like, for example, he starts talking about, you know, his young life. He talks about going to Ballyfermot. He was from a large family. His father was... Um, a violent man he describes him as and that he says, Gilligan says they were poor and that he had to go out and rob. Um, he talks about getting a job on the uh, the boats and then when he'd do bigger robberies, somebody basically came along and said to him, do you want to do a bank? And he said, yeah, okay, how much will I get? You'll get three grand or whatever. Right, I'll do it. And he does this bank robbery and then he goes off on the ships and he can't appear for his court cases because uh, he's on the ships and then it gets put off. And he's he's quite open about that stuff because it's showing how yep. he's worked the system, which he obviously has continued to do throughout his life. Something he's really proud of. Yeah. How he has kind of, he's been clever enough to beat the system. So he talks about that. Um, but you're not having that sort of fly on the wall yeah. situation with him. And in, in order to set the scene around that, Virgin Media have all these other voices coming in describing how much robbery was actually going on at the time, what sort of money was being made, how it was clogging up the courts, where these criminals were coming from, their backgrounds. In a way, maybe that's what makes it not work for me or something like that. Mm. Um, you know, I think giving them a platform, they're going to get criticised by that and, and you're going to tell me what Jimmy Gearan had to say. But he has got a platform, whether it's wrapped in bubble wrap. Yeah with other voices negating what he's saying or, or qualifying it, he has still been given a platform and maybe somebody should have had the courage to just go for it, give him the platform for an hour and do it in a way that we come out of it knowing a little bit about the man. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of 
<coughs> onto a loser really with with stuff like this. The, I mean, the, the winning part of, for Virgin Media and for other media organisations, for example, when RT interviewed uh, Jerry Hutch, the winning is people want to hear directly from the people involved in these incidents that have been in all newspapers for many years. The losing bit is that no matter what way you look at it, 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 it appears to sort of um, normalise criminal activity. And I mean, RT came under huge pressure with Jerry Hutch, um, even though uh, Paul Reynolds, who interviewed him at the time, really went at him, yes. in fact, about it. It yeah. didn't uh, pull any punches or, or really try to... Uh, put everything to him in, in a way. It made him very defensive and I suppose we never <clears throat> Yeah, so that. there was that. That was yeah. the other bit of it because he was, I think, so conscious of not giving Jerry Hutch a chance to set his own narrative that, you know, <clears throat> kind of made it a bit stop-start as a as a viewing experience. And I think the problem with, with John Gilligan, it does go back to the fact that, that because he's still a bit, he's active in criminality is yeah. subject of an international police investigation and is due to come to court sometime soon that he can't look back and describe his former actions and what his motivations were because they aren't in the past as such. Mm. I mean, also, you know, obviously John Gilligan uh, became the head of the biggest drugs gang in the country at the, during, at the time um, and but he probably is most known because that gang ultimately murdered Veronica Guerin, a uh, crime reporter for the, the Sunday Indo. Um, now, he, he in the star and in the mirror today, you have some very direct quotes where anybody who, who knows about Veronica Guerin's life or has even seen the film will know the incident where John Gilligan assaulted her, attacked her and beat her up. That's that's something that she spoke about and that... She was going to press charges, I think, which is ultimately believed to be the motive for yeah. why he murdered her. Though he denies that, I think, yeah, in this. Yeah, well, she's denied everything. He has, but, you know, so... Veronica Guerin is obviously not here to defend herself, you know, for, for an obvious reason. And he does... In, in the star have a kind of a platform to say where he utterly denies that. He said he sort of pushed her mildly. He when says that actually shows the the journalist questioning him, who I think is Jason O'Toole, uh, how he handles that. And he, he sort of says, I just picked her up and put her back towards her car. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's a funny one just to be allowed stand because you are effectively calling Veronica Guerin a liar. Mm. I mean, he says he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do what she said he yeah. did. Um, he never do, would do that. And then he gives a, a, a sort of a, a nonsensical explanation where he says, if I had done it, the police would have charged me at that moment. Instead, they came back and charged me five or six months later. I mean, that anybody you know, who's dealt with the police knows that just doesn't necessarily work that quickly. Any number of violence or uh, violence against women cases take a long time to go through and get statements and get directions from the DPP. So he's allowed to sort of give this, is it challenged? I mean, maybe it is challenged, but obviously... Well, you see, it's not, It's not, and in a way, again, because of the style of programme it is, because it's wrapped constantly in these interviews with other contributors, who are all perfectly good contributors, don't get yeah. me wrong on that. And the style is perfectly good, yeah. for a different type of a documentary. Yeah. But for this type of a documentary, in a way, I don't know 
when John Gilligan says that he started out in uh, in robbery and bank robbery and he went off in the boats and he never showed up to court and when he had this interaction with Veronica Gearn, do we need other voices to tell us sort of, the you know, to, to set the Give scene? Give a different context. And to tell us the context of uh, this, you know, firstly the context of this attack and we know about it. Yeah. So in a way, would it not have been sort of a more intimate portrait a confession of John Gilligan to have allowed him, you know, speak about that and for us to have come away with our own yeah. opinions on what he had to say. So I'm not saying exactly because I can't remember exactly do people go and say that's not what happened, this is yeah. what happened. Yeah. But I certainly know around certainly the early life, we've a lot of voices telling us why armed robbery isn't good yeah. and why, you know, the police were, were trying to fight against these things and, and that people were traumatised during armed robberies. And I don't know, is that part of this documentary necessary? Um, and it sort of is almost very distracting yeah. when you're watching it. It's kind of like it's why I was able to sort of fast forward a little bit and sort of, you know, turn away a little bit. I was certainly not transfixed on what mm. Gilligan has had to say. And I certainly wasn't. I would have been maybe if he had have had that sort of more intimate yeah. Louis Thoreau style and obviously portrait. If they'd done that, then they would have been subject to kind of... Uh, criticism anyway so well, I do be, there will be criticism anyway there will, there will well, be, just, what did Jimmy Guerin have to say about yeah, because this, obviously he does again he, he says he's John Gilligan speaks about the, the murder of Veronica Guerin once again he denies any knowledge of it yeah um, he places the murder directly on the the shoulders of, of John Trainer and um, Charlie Bowden yeah Trainer's um, being dead Trainer being dead and having betrayed John Gilligan yeah. uh, and they fell out during their lifetime. Charlie Bowden, again, having betrayed John Gilligan. Yeah. Um, and he also speaks about Brian Means' involvement again. They haven't spoken in years. They had a falling out. So he blames people that he'd have a reason to blame, yeah. if you know what I mean. And he says he denies that it was nothing to do with him. He didn't even didn't particularly care when he heard about it because he knew he had nothing to do with it. And he w he would never do a thing like that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's so insincere, like yeah. you know. And and we've heard all this from him before, really. Yeah, we've heard rantings from him before. We've had blog postings from him before yeah. around all this. The yeah. same denials, the same narrative. Well, so, and obviously Jimmy Gearan, who's who's uh, Veronica's brother. Uh, it's a local politician, uh, you know, for, former journalist, very well-known person, person of, you know, great integrity around keeping his sister's uh, memory alive. And he said um, he has, uh, you know, he, he the allegations of an amor amoral individual, and he's talking about John Gilligan here, um, and a convicted criminal do not merit any rebuttal. So he's saying, I don't need to rebut these or co give context to this. They, you know, these issues have been covered in detail over 20 years ago in cases I attended. They were appropriately dealt with through the Irish judicial system, which the programme and the book are an, are an insult to. I was invited to take part uh, in the making of the documentary and declined, I further declined to attend a preview scening as I, as I strongly believe providing recognition for the series is entirely inappropriate. So he has, he wants mm. nothing to do with it. He spoke to our... He's fed up, I'd say, is he? But he's saying he's disappointed that yeah. it's being made at all. And right. He's not happy that it's being made. And these, it's not that the public needs to hear John Gilligan's 
excuses or explanations that they don't offer anything in his opinion and I suppose um, from 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 the family's perspective uh, what we're getting is you know somebody issuing these denials and yeah. speaking and the family are obviously deeply deeply personally traumatised of course and they're probably they may well feel that they're he John Gilligan is using this the murder of Veronica Gearing to, to throw shade at the but his so own why enemies. is he doing it anyway what is this about well, I don't know. Um, I don't he, either because, he, I mean... Like John Gilligan, remember, uh, he does actually speak in it about not wanting to be well known. And I think he says on another point that um, he, he, he didn't want to have a public profile. Uh, yeah, whatever. He, did, he said that. He said he didn't want to be kind of a celebrity type. However, like, he's not been one of these guys who's avoided publicity at all costs. No. As I said, John Gilligan has spoken to the media many times, many different contexts, social media as well. But I mean, even in his actions, he took a monumental battle against the state, against the Criminal Assets Bureau, against the seizure of his home. Um, Jesbrook Equestrian Centre. I mean, he was certainly not a quiet kind of... Uh, criminal ever. I mean, when he was operating, he was flash. He was bought the biggest equestrian indoor equestrian centre or built rather the biggest indoor equestrian centre in the country. Yeah. And him and his wife, Geraldine, behaved like the lord and lady of the manor down at that equestrian centre. I mean, he couldn't have been more visible, more vocal. Um, you know, he was regularly taking limo trips to the races. Now, he was a gambler. And I think in this, he does talk about how he gambles. And he talks about, certainly in the first episode, he talked about gambling. And I believe in the last episode, he talks about how he spends his day gambling. So that bit is probably the only thing I think is probably genuine. Yeah. I know he certainly has, gambling has been something that has um, sort of followed him through his life. Um Look, I don't know. What is the point of this? What is he trying to do? What is he? Why does he keep telling us he'd nothing to do with this? Why does he keep telling us that he was wronged by the state, by the, you know, that we have to go into the minutiae of detail about how long it took people to take prosecutions against him, about how this bit was wrong, that bit was wrong. I mean, it is boring. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose there's, there's, he, you know, he may feel he, he may, people like, attention as well. Like, well, again, you know? I suppose we're coming out of it with that big question. It's like, again, the motive. What yeah. is the motive? And that's another reason maybe when you, you know, you go about a project to kind of a, a deep dive as such into somebody who maybe is, you know, a, not a regular member of society. You do a deep dive into some sort of an underworld figure, into somebody. You're trying to get an understanding out of it or a reason that they are the way they are or a reason why they're deciding to talk. None of those... No, I mean, I think if you look Things at... Things are apparent from this. Well, you know, the great phantom interview with Daniel Kinnahan, for example, with yeah. with, with an English podcaster that, that clips appeared, but the, the, the full version never did. Like, I think that was the reason that Daniel Kinnahan did that clearly was because he was in a place where he believed he could, uh, you know, uh, have rescue's reputation outside of Ireland through true, true interviews and true stuff in the media. And that was his motivation. I think it's pretty clear. Um, the motivation of other people sometimes, like, say, former IRA guys, as we talked, they, they, they want to explain how things happened. And I think that's totally valid and justified. It's not, I don't understand myself why John Gilligan mm. feels the need for it. Maybe it's just, maybe, you know, people 
want to get their say their bit across. Or I don't know. He's always wanted to do yeah. the big interview. Like as you say, he did speak to Jason O'Toole before, yeah. way back in Hot Press. Yeah. He did kind of vast interviews. Yeah. He? I he did. He did. Did they not do a book before? Uh, I don't think they did a book, no, but there was a series of long interviews. They obviously have a relationship over a period of time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe he's facing he's facing a prison sentence really, isn't he, in mm. Spain? I mean, it's maybe you know, maybe this is this is he doesn't want that to be his final legacy if he if he goes into prison for a few years. I don't know. Um it's it's yeah, it's 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 a funny one, I think, is it? Is it is it a commercial? Well, is it a, is it a commercial thing? Well, TV and, and obviously and Virgin, not TV three. Sorry, <laughs> it's like H. Williams. Remember those? <laughs> I do. Um, no, Virgin Media have categorically said they did not pay John Gilligan for the interview. But I mean, is it uh, going down a rabbit hole here? Because I don't actually want to criticise anybody no. involved in this. No, I just certainly feel that there's just a lot of questions. I mean, is it? Is this because, just because it's John Gilligan and because John Gilligan will sell, because John Gilligan will draw the viewers, because you label it the confessions of a crime lord and, you know, people will come to see what those confessions are. I just don't know whether it is what it says on the box. But again, I've only watched the first one with the distraction I had. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, look, something can be interesting and entertaining. What are the big headlines out of it? Well, I mean, the big I headlines... I that Veronica got killed. Yeah. Crime boss makes series of startling claims in new book, I'm going to hell and I'm not sorry. My gang shot her, but I didn't order it. I got 12 million from drugs. None of that is new. Well, in fact, he, he's done lengthy interviews before denying he had any involvement in drugs and saying he was just an armed robber, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. According to my memory... Um, he's done interviews denying any of that stuff. No, he's talking it? about the drugs. No, but previously. Yeah, he has previously, yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, he always said he was, no, he always said he, he did a bit of cannabis. Mm. In actual fact, that was always the mantra from yeah. the, the sort of the whole Gilligan family. Um, the mantra was basically that, you know, it was only cannabis. I mean, he never touched the cocaine or the yeah. heroin, so in the, therefore he was perfectly entitled to do it. It wasn't harming anybody. Yeah. And obviously that's what his conviction is yeah. related to yeah. cannabis. Um, so he has said, basically talks about John Trainer again is the one who got him involved in in drugs. He would never have got involved. He said, I think if if it wasn't for Trainer, yeah, he had all the connections. He introduced him. He got him his first load in. He made such easy money that he went for it again and again. Um, again, I'm not sure that's a huge revelation from somebody like John Gilligan. I mean, all of that would have been fairly well. Put out. I suppose it's it's his voice, isn't that it? It's his voice saying that. That's and on television, that's new. Yeah. Look, it's look. I think uh, I would not say this is not a valid journalistic endeavor. Uh, I think it's a, one that's very hard to get. That it doesn't ring wrong when people watch it. Yeah. It can still be good television. It's still valid for him to sit there and and say what he wants to say, and for that to be carried. I wouldn't criticise them for that. I suppose um, from the the bits I've seen and the bits I've read, yeah, I suppose confessions of a of a crime boss would have been more interesting, where yeah. somebody lays out what not just what they did, mm-hmm. but why they did it. That would have been something that I would have wanted to see. Yeah, um, and look, it'll either. And I don't think so far you get that. You do get the poverty yeah. thing. He talks about you know. 
giving up money at home and having to fight his father off his mother. And, you know, it was obviously clearly, you know, not a good place to grow up. Um, but, you know, I've spoken to plenty of people who would maybe not be quite in their 70s, but on a bit and they talk about, you know, it stops becoming a thing you have to do. Yeah. And starts becoming a choice. Yeah. So there's none of that kind of revelation with Gilligan or, or maybe self-awareness with yeah, him. Self-awareness or self-reflectiveness. And it's sort of an admission of, like he does say, I'm, 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 you know, I might go to hell or whatever. But really his language, even around Veronica Gearin, like, you know, no matter what, it, it, a woman is dead and it doesn't feel... Uh, Respectful, maybe, does it? Yeah, I'm sure he's not a respectful character. Like, he's not... You see, I am so biased anyway, because, as you know, I can't stand John Gilligan. Mm. I absolutely... He makes my lip curl. Since the very first time I saw him, and I was only a very young journalist sitting in the Special Criminal Court on Green Street, and he was in the dock, I think he was actually facing murder charges in relation to the murder of Veronica Gearan at the time. He was acquitted of that and obviously convicted on... on on drug offences but he used to scan the crowd of the journalists and he would find well me and probably other young females yeah. that were there and he would just rest his eyes on you and he'd start kissing over and mm. winking and yeah. all this sort of stuff and at the time I was <laughs> much softer yeah, I haven't yeah. been as damaged as I am nowadays yeah. but uh, I found it very uh, you know disconcerting that yeah. I was sitting in a courtroom that this was a guy in the dock on trial for murder on trial end. for murdering a female journalist and here he was like in public in full view of everybody sort of sneering and trying to and, and all the way along whenever I've met him he has been the same. Yeah. It's this very sneery kind of a relationship that we'd have. Now, I probably might be sneery back to him nowadays because I don't find him scary at all. Yeah. I think he's a pathetic kind of an individual, you know, still in the drug game, allegedly, and in his 70s trying to make yeah. a, a few bob. And, you know, his his son, Darren, who has had drug problems um, throughout his life, addiction issues sort of by his side, um, I think even Geraldine and, and Tracy are no longer sort of there. Yeah. I have had interactions with them over the years and, um, you know, <laughs> you'd almost feel a little bit sorry for the two of them that, yeah. uh, and other members of the family because he just is this toxic presence. Interestingly, like he does speak about regrets and how he's kind of wasted his time and, you know, wasted some of his life in prison obviously and he speaks about you know um, if he could cry get it all if he could you know if he mm. could get it all back he would um, but it's 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 is the regret getting caught though? well it's a kind of a, yeah it's a regret of you know his own losses mm. as opposed to regret for obviously the damage he may have done to others or even the damage he may have done to his family or his, his people that cared for him or, you know, any sort. There's many types of regrets. Mm. One of the least uh, appealing is where you just regret what you, you know, the consequences of your own actions on yourself. And that, look, that's, do you, do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Yeah, it's not, it's not kind of, um, I have spoken to other criminals who seem really traumatised by some of the things that they did Um uh, I have spoken to people involved in the troubles, for example, that committed 
terrible acts and acts even now that they wouldn't say they were necessarily wrong but they still speak about the consequences of what they did to them and to others. Mm. And John Gilligan kind of only speaks about the consequences to himself, maybe, you know? Yeah, and you know, you think about him and uh, obviously the murder of Veronica Guerin by his gang, as he says himself, um, and he still to this day claims he didn't order it. Like, it was such a monumental thing to happen it threw him and others right into the spotlight yeah and you know obviously they all went on the the run he was caught in the UK he was extradited from Belmarsh back to Dublin uh, there was a famous photograph of him coming off the plane there a um, bit like a Teletubby the way he was dressed his trial at the special criminal court he was a showman at yeah. that trial he went into prison and there was regularly videos released during his time in prison of him yep. at parties working out in prison. Um, not easy, really, yeah. to to sneak a video and get it out of prison. And But yes, he, he sort of managed that to be what came out. There was always stories about people he was falling in and falling out with. The day he left Portleash prison, and I was there that day, was an absolute theatre Yep. It, it was choreographed by him. It was a theatre. He went up to a relative's house where he had a party. He came out and he spoke to journalists there and then. He was filmed. Um, he laughed and joked and raised a point to them. He then, after that, was shot. Um, and I think he he will discuss being shot uh, in the next few episodes of The Virgin Show. Um that again threw him back into the spotlight. He went to ground while he was recovering from those injuries. And then he came back to Ireland. And again, he agitated to get yeah. into the media because yeah. he said he was broke and he wanted to go on the housing list. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. And he I was do. all over and he was in and out of the high court. He was very visible going in, very visible coming out. He would often stop. He is a showman. He loves the publicity yeah. and he wants it his way. And in a way, he's got it and he hasn't because, you know, even he surely would look at this with this bubble wrap around him of these other voices yeah, that yeah. are kind Which, of overshadowing him nearly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And look, and in fairness, the, the, the star and, and the mirror, like they they carry his words, which we would as well. Yeah. And we may well even do on Sunday. And then they put context around them. Yeah. So... Which works in the written words. Which works, I think, it's better. The visive, it's the visual, the documentary yeah. that it yeah. doesn't, for me, work in. And and you'll have a look at it yourself. I'm sure it's on on yeah. Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Night um, on Virgin. And I'm sure hundreds and thousands of people will tune in to look at it one way or another. It doesn't matter what I think about it. But I'd like to know, you know, after you see it, what you do think of that whole yeah. way it's put together. And, um, you know, whether it would have been better to just let him have his say and then let us judge it or whatever. Or yeah. whether he should have had his say at all or whether what he has to say is valid enough or worthwhile enough to be on yeah. TV. Maybe we should move into TV reviewing, should we? I think we, I think we certainly could. Because I'll tell you something else that's on what? that I am looking forward to seeing. I haven't seen a, a preview of it. It's on this week, is it Monday night? Is it the K, the new series of the K? Oh, the in, inside the yeah. the cave, the, the, yeah. the guards, yeah. That's yeah. back now. It's taken a long time to yes. make this, yes. this episode, this Which series. Which I thought was of it. really good, actually. It was so well yeah, made. Yeah, it was. Um, 
And it is, look, there you go where you have a bit of television which really gives you an insight into something that you don't actually know about. And it was the way those guards were being treated yeah. in the course of their job, what the sort of situations they had to go into. I mean, we hear about it, you know what I mean? You'll hear a report on the on the news, but to actually go in there with them as a fly in the wall and you can nearly feel the fear and, yeah. and that sense of, you know, the aggression they're facing all yeah. the time. yeah. Um, but I will be watching that. Yeah, I think there is some very dramatic uh, CCTV footage of some of the the, the Gucci gang violence, uh, right? And some of the the Kulak feuds and some of the shootings. So, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's it's. I suppose some of these programs uh, they're very disposable and they for, get forgotten about, and some of them won't. And you know. Do you know what we'll have to do now next what? week? Because I'm back with a bang next yeah. week and I really have to just have to just get yeah. my mojo back. I'm feeling a bit tired, are you? Well, uh, no, I'm I'm yeah, I feel a bit tired. Yeah, I feel it's it's even in your magic green jumper. <laughs> my magic green jumper. I'm wearing a green jumper for our listeners again, yeah. Nicola. Yeah, you're very, very um good about patriotic me about them. Yeah, yeah. But um no, we need to uh we've a lot to discuss. In yeah. the next week, and so, and the courts are back. There's courts some interesting back. stuff coming up. Yeah, it's, it's um, always a hard time for 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 crime journalism during the, the summer. summer. Yeah, yeah without the courts, we've you know. managed to waffle our way through it. We have we? managed to waffle our way through it. Yeah, have you missed me terribly? Look, I've been crying, and crying and bawling, and here I am on a day off. In yes, talking to you. yeah, which is ridiculous. Yes, yeah. um, ha, it's not the same having people not having commenting on my physical appearance. Why don't you do regular. the intro? Eh, no. I'll go on. No, no, no. Right, well, look, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.